Hello and welcome back to The A Show with the kings of pro wrestling podcasts, bigger than we've ever been. And yes, we are awesome. I'm here with Meals. Of course, it's Justin. What's up, Meals? I'm tired. Well, I'm recovering from massive tiredness. Yes. It's like Tuesday. You should be good now. Uh, says who? <laughs> says who? Uh, world. We're gonna we're gonna get into what you did over the weekend, but you were all over the place, absolutely haunting, haunting me from two thousand miles away. Oh yeah, that was fun. <laughs> uh, what is up with you? All right. Well, first of all, happy yeah. Thanksgiving to everybody. As your Thanksgiving Eve, Thanksgiving thing, it's the day before thanksgiving at this point um what are you what are your plans for thanksgiving this will actually be the first time i have thanksgiving <clears throat> with my fiance's family because first year we weren't able to because she was working last year obviously we were in the throes of a pandemic we were still in it but we were in like really kind of like the toughest point right like that was like the lowest was last holiday season uh, and this year we're gonna we're gonna do it to it. So me and her mom are having like a cook off kind of type thing. You're challenging someone's mom to a cook off. What is wrong with you on Thanksgiving? A light, slight one though. She could she can probably cook me under the table. I'm not. Even I'm sure. Play. I'm sure. There's years and wealth of experience and probably like spices and shit that you've never even heard of and all types of other extra shit. You know what? I, you know. But what are you? What are you making? What are you making? What are you bringing to the um, table? Well, we split the we split the menu, so I'm gonna make the ham. As you should. I think. I think honestly, though, if you're going to someone's house for Thanksgiving this year, you need to bring something mm-hmm. because the prices for food now is so ridiculous at this point that we all just need to chip in and do our part because this is insane. Like <laughs> the stuff that I've had to buy in the supermarket, I'm like, yo, when did this start? This is real adult problems. This is real like 30 plus year old problems. Maybe when I was like, how much did this, when did, when did milk start costing this much? Like what the fuck? It, I mean, I haven't noticed like too big of a jump, mostly in just meat. Um, I yeah, thought it really meats. I bought a ham. It was the same price I bought it for it last year. I didn't, I didn't see turkey prices cause I'm not cooking one this year. Um, so I'm going to make ham, my mom's stuffing. Uh, my aunt actually, one of my, one of my great aunts actually passed away this year. So, um, oh. I'm going to make her yams this year. I'm going to make her yam recipe in her honor. Um, Do they leave recipes or you just like kind of know it? Bro, my mom is, it's so funny how it's passed down, right? Because it's written on a piece of paper. That's crazy. And, right? and so it's like, if there's one thing that ain't never going to go away, unless you like rip it or lose it, like that piece of paper ain't never going to go away. Like that's going to get passed down. And like, and what's beautiful about me loving to cook now and me, you know, passing these things down is that I'm going to pass that down too. And I'm not going to let that die. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I already used my mom's ham recipe that she got from someone else. I used the stuffing recipe that's got passed down three times you know, since then, and now this yam recipe and whatever else, like when I want, you know, I'm not like, I hate eating, like, this is like full disclosure. Like I hate eating greens because it just make me feel shitty, literally and figuratively after I eat them. Like so collard I, greens? Yeah. I don't make them. They make yeah, me feel I'm like a, really shitty. Nah, I'm a, I don't know if Caribbean people like me eat collard greens. I don't think yeah. we definitely don't. <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't fuck with it. So like, um, 
but like if I were to do that, I would it would be it would pass down. You know, like if I want my children to have it, you know, one time, I, I'll pass that down. So it's a lot of pass down stuff. And then I get to see on the other end my fiance's family, how they pass their meals down. You know, they're they're Latino, Filipino, like so. Um, you know, like I get to see all of that stuff. So it's gonna be really cool. I'm I'm really excited to 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 go there. Okay, turn that up. All right, I like that. Um. Yeah, for Thanksgiving, we're pretty much doing the same thing we do every year. Is just my mom cooks chicken. and I eat the chicken. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not cooking the chicken this year. Probably next year, to be honest with you, because uh, my mom's moving, so this is the last year she's probably going to be doing Thanksgiving like thing, unless she comes back. Um. So yeah, I will have to at least learn how to cook at some point over the next 365 days. And I feel like I know how to cook. I just am too lazy too. You could probably cook. You could cook up a storm. I know it. I feel it. I feel it in my body. I feel it like I'm good with like portions and like amounts and stuff like that and taste and and all the chemistry and all the other shit that goes into it. So, you know, who knows? Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for everyone who listens to the show. I'm thankful for everyone who uh, who, yeah, has just supported us. Like, you know, it's a this, this is one of our best years ever. So it's it's just amazing to kind of go through this. And I hope that you're listening to this and your house is warm because the oven is on and and, and, and you're in like, you know, some cozy, not like work or something on the freeway because that Thanksgiving <laughs> traffic going to be ass. But, you know, be somewhere where you can enjoy yourself and also enjoy us as we talk to you about a whole bunch of bullshit that happened throughout the week. <laughs> yeah. A whole a whole bunch of bullshit. No, I mean honestly, really, like we we really are thankful for you guys. Um, it it is it, it really is a, a honor to take up an hour of your day <laughs> every week. You know, like we know that time is, you know, after this past two years, time is of the essence. You know, and allowing myself and meals to and and Cyrus and Quan and Armand and the crew, you know, Chan, all of them you know to just to be able to <clears throat> to to fill you guys you know ears with content <laughs> every week is, is is really a blessing i'm blessed to be able to do it i'm blessed to be able to talk to meals every week so like you know i'm I'm extra 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 grateful and, and humble this year more than any because you know everything is, is just especially just for us is, is just you know moved so smoothly this year so i, I couldn't have asked for a, a better year for the a show like just the way we've, we've expanded and that's thankful and that's thanks to you guys you know like that that that's all y'all so thank you guys all right let's get into no holds barred i want to call a lot of this in the ring this week it's chill we off work it's thanksgiving break it's the holiday i'm not off work i'm just off, I, I took a sick day but yeah i'm not like technically oh god <laughs> sick day. but i took it on purpose i actually got i went to the i hadn't gone to the doctor in such a long time like i had a bad experience with a doctor like a number of years ago so i just never went and I've just been like, all right, I'm just going to eat healthy and stay healthy and be active and run all the time. And that has been working out. And then I went to the doctor today for the first time, got mad shots that I needed, <laughs> got mad blood work that I needed the thing. Um, whilst a sidebar story. Um, so after I got my like tetanus and stuff like that, um, they were like, oh, go downstairs, see if you can get some blood work done. You, you usually have to make an appointment, but no one's really here today. So I went to get my blood work done, and then they said, "Oh, also ask me for a urine sample." Oh no! There is nothing more embarrassing than not being able to pee, and watching 
every old person. <laughs> Knock it out. <laughs> I was there for like 40 minutes <laughs> drinking water, trying to pee, and I couldn't do it. This uh this to me sounds as though uh like you have pee shyness. No, like, no, no. I- no. I peed before I left the house. I did not know I was getting blood work done or would need to get a urine test. I didn't know that at all. So anyway, I think I found like a button like under my stomach, but before my pelvis that will just. What? (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. Medical experts, let me know. (laughs) Let me know what that part of the body is. Jesus Christ. (laughs) That sounds dangerous. That's what that fucking sounds like. I got it done. Got it done. <laughs> Handed that nice warm cup to her and said, <laughs> I'll All see right. you later. That is not what we expected to be <laughs> to be talking about <laughs> today. Let's get into uh no holds barred. Uh at the top last week we had some more releases. They always wait for the show to be out. And then it was like, you know what? It's Wednesday. Let's, let's run some niggas. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> some niggas. Let's break Twitter. <laughs> Bored. It's too much AEW talk. Bring it back to us. <laughs> <laughs> we want to be the bad guys still. Let's do it. So let's uh, do it. How do we? Where do we start with these releases? I mean, I think there's really like one big release, and the rest are kind of like what? What? We can let's let's run through them. Let's yeah. give a little brief postmortem, and then we'll run through the big one, which everyone has been talking about, which people have been harassing me about. Um, what, uh, John about, Morrison? Yeah. Well, let's start with John Morrison. John Morrison. Didn't see that coming. Uh, at yes, all. You yeah, you did. Nah, I thought they were waiting for Miz to come back. I legit thought, like, Miz is, like, one week away. Miz is done with Dancing with the Stars as of yesterday. And... I do not know how he feels about his best friend being released as they were about to embark on a program once again. You think um, that's what they was about to do with John Morrison being the Zen guy? You think they was going to be on the same show? Come on. Yeah, they are on the same show. They're both on Raw. Well, Miz wasn't moved? No, he wasn't moved. He's still on Raw. That's weird. Yeah, I, that is fucking weird. Um, but it never happened. And, you know... The I think the maddest person about it was his wife, who was also like, you can't fire the... <laughs> I hate how this company treats people. And I'm like, damn. All right, yeah. You didn't say that yeah. when B-Fab got released? <laughs> you didn't say that when anyone else got released? But just your husband, though? Okay. I mean... We'll okay. Right, John Morrison will be fine. He'll go back to AAA. Probably... He could do whatever, I, to be honest. I can't see him in AEW, but if he was, whatever. I can't, I really can't like honestly not to not even like I really can't see him in AEW. I, I can't. I mean, Billy Gunn just had a match on AEW television and kicked out of uh, Darby Allen's finisher at one. So anything can happen. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about heartbreaking one. To some, Tegan Knox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the one for me. That was the one where I was like, that one sucked, but. With Tegan, it wasn't an issue of 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 if it was an issue of when, and she she's she had been hurt a lot, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I also don't think that she had connected more than like shots he had in that short amount of time. But they but again, it was like she never got a real chance to do so. 
either. So yeah. I was know. surprised she was called up when she was called up. I mean, yeah. I would they could have called her up. She certainly has the ability, but I don't think she's um she's developed as a character at any point on any television show. Um well, she was she was always hurt. <laughs> so yeah. like that, that that was the that's like the that's the gift and the curse. That's that's the bittersweet part about it is that you can say all you want about, you know what I mean? Like how they treated her, her being her. That's just the thing. She was just snake bit. You know, this is, I, I look at it the same way as uh, I look at it the same way as really uh, Kenta, where it was like, there was never really a chance to do much of anything with, with, with him because he was always hurt. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that, that's what sucked about it. And so like that one, that one hurt me, but I had seen, like I, it was eerie that she hadn't even debuted on Raw yet, and everyone had. Every single person had debuted on Raw except her. And even Zaya Lee got her little comic book, exactly <laughs> Chinese family um, thing. So, yeah, I mean, the writing was certainly on the wall. Um, speaking about uh, Deja Vu, Drake Maverick released once again, Amen. brought back from the dead, <laughs> released once again. Him. They saved him and couldn't get saved no more. He he got an extra man. And sure, then they, it sounds like Big T on the challenge. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, absolutely. That's the perfect. That's the perfect analogy. Um, <laughs> I, I I mean I think that honestly, what what more was there really for him to do? Like main roster, there was nothing for him to do except chase Reggie. NXT, there's definitely nothing for him there. Just with, I think. With, yeah, I think he's talented. And don't get me wrong, everyone here is talented. I think even everyone who was released this year is talented. Um, and sometimes people kind of overreact as if the talent should get you by. But realistically, in this world and in this country and this business, if it was talent that get you by, Cesaro would be WWE champion. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, it's realistically, it's not always that. And it's, I mean, people get very caught up in their feelings and get all their, you know, things in a bunch regarding like, oh, this person was talented, this person was passed over. And realistically, it's the company's direction and the kind of where they want to go with things, which ultimately decides who they want to keep and who they let go. Yeah. Um, so stuff like that, like Drake Maverick. I mean, no one was really making any kind of a stink about Shane Thorne, to be honest with you. Um, never debuted, never ever had a debut on TV you know, he had been with the company. I, I, I do see, and I did see that he was trying. He was trying real hard, and I commend that because when you're when it's not working, you got to keep trying. Look at look at Nikki Ash, but it, it just right. wasn't connecting. Like I, I think he did a couple dark matches when they came back with fans, and he never debuted on TV. But he was drafted though. So, do you think he will ever reunite with his tag team partner that left like three years ago? I think he actually doesn't even wrestle anymore. Wow. Hold on. What an me, asshole. Let me check. Let me check. Because he just went home. Uh, yeah, he was just like, I don't want to do this no more. He's he in New Japan. Not. He's in New Japan. Oh, okay. So they can reunite. They can do a little thing, you know. Good for them. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, it's just terrible, like, that. Um, It's just really terrible that. You know, they never got to get far as TM61. You know, the, the injuries hindered them. And then uh, his partner 
left because I, I, I believe he said he wanted to be in Australia. He wanted to spend more time with his family. So he actually just wanted to go home. And, yeah. um, you know, I, what, what are you going to do? You know, there's not much yeah. you can do there. But he, he does, do I think, he, it looks like he, um, he does, he does like, he does stuff on and off again uh, overseas. So he's still wrestling. All right. Maybe they do something. Um, Jackson Riker, which should have been a much bigger deal, was not a big deal <laughs> in this one. I can't wait to see what the hell he comes up with and what he's saying and about this release or something along those lines. But no, be, I don't think you yeah. thank God that he actually got to stay that long after his boys got let go. Real shit. Listen, they should jump him now. They really should. They they absolutely really should, yo. He got like eighteen more months of pay out of this, and they were released like early last year. Yeah, or maybe yeah. early. Was it early this year or early last year? To me, that was the big win of this of this pool is <laughs> getting him the fuck out of here. Right, you're right, you're right. Take us with all right. So, what's the big one? The big one. Uh, the big one. It seems to be. You talked about people being in their feelings. No, no, no one, no one person or no one thing put people in their feelings more than Isaiah Surf, Swerve Scott, Top Dollar, and Ashante, uh, the Adonis being released. That's right. In the span of two weeks, all of Hit Row have all been released from the WWE. Um, we can speculate a lot, and I think that we've speculated a lot. I'll tell you one thing: when you when you show me that text, because I was I was like cooking that night or something. I wasn't even I wasn't even on on Twitter that night. When you show me that, I saw Tegan, I saw Red, I saw these three, and I said, "Huh." Eh, I get it. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like wrong to say, but I was like, eh, I get it. I think I'm so part of me is also not like desensitized because it did. It did like these releases did hurt a little bit because I hate seeing people lose their jobs. And I hate that this is still continuing and that it could be seemingly like a fear backstage of like, wow, I could just lose my job. Like if these people are losing their jobs, like, you know, who, who else could it be? Um, but with Hit Row, I think I talked about it. We were teasing a conversation about them last week. Um, I think there are like several different things that could have led to this release. And yeah, they are a talented bunch. And once again, I will yeah. say, um, if it was just about being talented, there would be a lot more people in the WWE right now. There would have been a lot less releases if it was just about being a very talented wrestler. Yeah, I mean, He's an amazing friend. There's a lot of people... That are talented on that roster. We watch them every single week. You know, everyone and like there is a they have a wealth of talent on that roster. It's about how they use them. Um, and I think with with Hit Row, and I think you were kind of alluding to it. There might have been a lot of things that led to this happening, and I don't think it's it's on any one person, but I think it is a really on one person. <laughs> like I, <laughs> I, really, I I've been saying it. You know, we've been saying it kind of like outside of it. It it is kind of wild that Top Dollar was so openly vocal about literally everything as soon as they got called up. He he was doing a lot. He was past. doing a lot. He was defend like this is this is my thing. Like people always get at us for like defending your company and all this other stuff. Like you shouldn't defend the company. You defend wrestlers. Him again. Then four NXT North American champions not here anymore. Yeah, man. Um, people get about us for that. But this man was a strong proponent of the job that he had yeah. <laughs> over to insulting people from AEW, writing bars about them, 
um, all these other things like that. He was just incredibly. I felt like to me the first day when he got called up, and I guess um, the Twitter activity started calling up. I was like, he is doing a lot. <laughs> he said, "This is for all the people who said we were never over. We're more over than half the people in that locker room. You just got here." <laughs> Like yeah. both on NXT and on the main roster. <laughs> and my thing is, this is like that energy wasn't Swerve and Ashante and B-Fab. They weren't saying these things. They were actually kind of chilling. And I felt like the Young Bucks thing was like, okay, dude, you, you said something really weird, but that's cool. The Jinder Mahal Punjabi MC diss with the curry beef. I think that was a, I think that might've been a problem. I really do. Mm. I, I think he had been ruffling feathers for a minute. And here's the thing. I'm a proponent of ruffling feathers, my guys. I'm a proponent of it. But you know where you at. You, you know how to do it in a professional way. I shake shit up all the time. But there's a there's shaking shit up and then there's shaking shit up with other companies. Like, I can't go on and be like, man, this company fucking sucks. They put out some shit that I don't fuck with. You can't you can't really do that, especially when you're looking at a company that is trying this publicly traded and is trying to kind of not clean up their image, but clean up their portfolio for investors and for people they do partnerships with. And I also think just even as a person itself, you're incredibly limiting yourself like there's other opportunities out there, like, for instance, like AEW. I don't know if you'll ever make it to AEW. He said in his little bars about his release that. um he would not he would be open to going to that place or maybe he was just talking shit i don't know rappers lie a lot um why would he's not actors even, he's not even really that that good unless <laughs> can we just be honest like i could see them I, I see they wanted to make him into something that's why they started making him the singles guy but the talent in that group was swerve uh, and right I, and i think that if swerve was lumped into this that is so tragic and i think that's the worst part about this release is that if he was lumped in with that that sucks. But the vibe was done when B-Fab left. When B-Fab left, I tried to fight it. I tried to fight you on it. The vibe was just gone. You know, yeah. like, just looking at them, they had nothing else. And I think, if anything else, they should have been, they 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 had to be able to work as, as a cohesive unit. I, I, I feel like they weren't really, I don't know, they, they cut their legs off, but I feel like there was definitely reasons why they did that. This this release seemed more these releases seemed more like reason, like like they had reasons to, regardless of what the budget cuts were. We'll probably never find them. But mm-hmm. I mean, of course, Top Dollar came out <laughs> already <laughs> and is talking about the release, saying that they were booked and they were unbooked. And he noticed that that's the same thing that happened to uh B Fab. He was mentioning a lot of stuff that I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to bring up. <laughs> Because of non-disclosure agreements, talking about the video game and shit like that. I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to be talking about that. But then he said, uh, oh, I've been disrespected too. And I was that's when I knew, when he said that tweet, that's when I knew there's some truth to what's, what the dirt sheets are saying about him. When he had to mm-hmm. react to that, saying I was disrespected too, I was like, oh, so there's some truth going on. But there's something that lies in the middle about that. I think he's right, but I also think that what is being reported is probably right too. Yeah, it seemed like they did a lot, to be honest with you. And, you know, again, we were proponents of these three guys. We found them very talented, and I think they brought a vibe to NXT and could have done to the main roster that was incredibly different. Um, But their gimmick, and it wasn't really given a chance to kind of get off off its feet. 
but also I also don't think it was that much of a show stopping show stealing gimmick. To be honest with you, if you'd asked me between Legato del Fantasma and um and Hit Row of who would last the longest, I would have not said Legato del Fantasma, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um because with Hit Row, it just kind of feels like you know that there is talent within this talent, which is something you want out of a you want out of a stable. You don't necessarily want it like there's a head and everyone else, once once it breaks apart, everyone falls aside and does the terrible things. I think all th- four of them had something to bring to the table. Um, and it just, you know, it didn't work out. So I'm interested to see where they go. I think Isaiah Swerve Scott is going to be a great free agent for anyone who wants to pick him up. Um, and I think that they should stop rapping. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You know what? The rap thing was cool on NXT. When it was in the in the big room, it kind of didn't work. I think I tweeted out, like, I was like, they need to cut the instrumental under them rapping whenever. It was always like the instrumental under the rap. And then, I mean, we got to talk, get the, the elephant in the room here. The raps weren't that good. Like, I just, mean, I've been saying that for a long ass time. Just because I think... Sorry, I think just the way they rapped in front of a crowd. There's a reason why John Cena did the call and response thing. There's a reason why he rapped so slowly, each bar to bar. So all the words have kind of impact. It's a little bit now about the performance. I think they also wanted to prove to people in this entertainment capacity that they had actual bars and they were trying to prove to people that, yes, we actually do rap and we are great rappers when that is not the end result that you people need to care about. People could give a shit of whether you're a good rapper or not. They want to be entertained. They want you to take them somewhere. They want you to think, I don't think anyone can quote any of their bars, to be honest with you. Um, But, you know, I would, I would, if I were them, if they want to continue with the gimmick, for, I don't know what they're gonna call it, some sort of thing about the gimmick. But yeah, I would stop the rapping if you're not gonna at least do it in a performative, not performative, performance type of way that works the best with the crowd. I would just stop it altogether. Well, it didn't make sense because they were supposed to be flashy, uh, like flashy big time rappers, like future type rappers, right? And then they ended up rapping like backpackers. So like the it automatically like the 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 dissonance was off, you know what I'm saying? Like you're dressing like you from here, but you rapping like you like it. It just didn't mix to me, and and I will never forgive Ashanti for his outfits. I think that might have been the reason it was the outfits. It was terrible. The outfits were outfits were 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 awful. But again, he's a, he was he was another guy who had been on NXT for a while. You know, and and had just got called up, and it would just really be a shame if they got lumped in with that. But that's usually how it kind of happens <laughs> with shit like that, where it's like when you become in a problem backstage, you got to go. Yeah, you know, and, and go. so um, those are releases. Wish them best. Uh, I know people are going to be upset at at our breakdown of them because I'm pretty sure every single podcast that people have been listening to have had hit row as avenging angels. <laughs> that just were perfect in every single way. But I, I I definitely saw some holes in that gimmick. And I I honestly, SmackDown happened, and I didn't even, I, I honestly was like, yeah, it, it, it probably wasn't a fit. It just really wasn't a fit to me. Yeah, yeah. 
And there's so limited time with that show and stuff like that. I don't know. Um, and it said the curry so was, line, man. <laughs> that was Wednesday. Um, Thursday, on the MMA Hour, hosted by Ariel Hawani, it was a interview with Becky Lynch that uh, a very, I would say, well, I watched that interview and I was like, damn, that's some good shit. <laughs> like good shit from an interview. Um, and I don't say that about most inter- because I think even like we try to do it, we balance and toe a line as well in terms of things like that. But like in terms of getting to what you need to know, oh yeah, this was it. Um, Ariel Hawani interviewed Becky Lynch on the MMA hour, and she was very candid about her feud with you know Becky Lynch, and yeah, ends up spilling into Survivor series. Um, Justin, I want to ask you, how much of this interview do you think was a work and how much do you think of it was a shoot? Well, it was interesting. And I, and I said this on our spaces on Sunday night that at the end of the day, real or fake, they got you to feel something, you know? And I I think that the, the, the benefit of this is that they were able to work something that might've been a real altercation into something that was, that was absolutely real. Do I believe, like, here's the thing. If I say what I feel, people can say, well, no, it's because of, no, you're wrong because of this on on either side, right? So it's like, I feel like they definitely have a Sean Brett, but it's not to the level of Sean Brett. You know, I feel like there's a professionalism that comes with these two, but they are not necessarily homegirls anymore like they used to be. And that happens with friends, right, Mills? Like, Becky had a child. Charlotte is is engaged. She's doing her own thing. You fall out. You're at different places in your life, and I mm-hmm. think that's that to me is the best story that 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 there is. Where it's like we're in a violent industry. This is how former friends battle it out. So well, I, think I think I think it's perceived, at least from Becky Lynch's uh, point of view, that once she became to start getting popping, shit just went sideways. Yeah, and. I, so I think it's from a business. There's so much in this industry that I guess believed. And you know what? I don't think you have to be this way because I look at people like Bailey and stuff like that. And, and Bianca Belair, who's openly said, like, you know, I've had my title shot. It's Liv's time to work. I'll be there hopefully again one day. But I'm happy for her anyway. I think there's an opportunity and space for everyone to eat, um, especially when you're so underutilized at the time. But it seemed like they both were in intersecting paths and believe that only one person can be on top. And that's kind of where the friction kind of comes in, in terms mm-hmm. of, um, and I don't know, we don't know the details of it. I don't know if it's something like, I don't want to do the job this way, or I'm not taking that move or anything of the rather, but you can tell from that, I guess that 2019 feud, something started there that has not ended there. And once again, like you said, families, relationships, other things have also come to play that has further drifted them apart. And now they are so that relationship is so, I guess, fractured to the standpoint um, that we were legitimately one. I mean, it's great promotion for the survivor series feud. I mean, survivor series match, but we were kind of wondering like, so how does this actually go on? They talked in candid about, the, the moment on SmackDown with the championship belts that was supposed to happen that didn't go on. And Becky confirmed, like, yes, she did yell and, and stuff like that, but I had to go do a dark match and all things of the rather. Um, she talked about 
Ric Flair's comments. <laughs> Ric Flair. And Ric Flair is to me, he's that that guy's like done. Like there's a way to go out and he just and I think we're seeing like the real him now. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're seeing like really what it's like when he burns out and he's doing it publicly now. And I, I think that her comments on Rick were good because it's like, what what does Rick want? He wants me to respond and then what? This motherfucker's gonna go to AEW and then you know say I got the I got the man riled up. I'm the real man. He's gonna then he's then he's what he's gonna do? Oh, I, I want my title belts back, WWE. Anybody listen to this nigga no more? Get out of here. <laughs> listen like, to this nigga, man. Yeah, I thought you know what? Overall though, I thought it was a great interview. I thought it was very um, intense at times, very candid at times, and I was just like, damn, this is some good shit. Like I was very, I love to see the. That's why probably the best documentary that WWE have ever done, in my opinion, was that Brett and Sean thing, because they took a very real life situation and kind of dissected it and not only approached it from a wrestling standpoint, but also a business standpoint, also a politics standpoint, and also from a personal social level of like, how do we build from here? How do we go from here? How do these emotions, real life emotions come into play? I think those make for the kind of the best stories. Um, And we would see from that interview, a lot of things kind of spin off towards survivor series which I think yeah, we should I, probably get to pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I thought that um, they did a lot of press and definitely felt like the biggest deal in the on the whole show. But um, mm-hmm. I thought I thought it I thought it definitely delivered. When you put it in the context of a Survivor Series match, it had the most heat of any match uh, that yeah. night. But uh, was that was that no holds bar? Was that it? That's no holds bar, baby. All right. Unless so, something else pops up, let me look. Well, that's it for now. If something else pops up, I don't know what to say. We're going to talk about a crazy weekend in WWE and pro wrestling after the break. And we're going to talk about a lot of eggs, too. So stay tuned on the A-Show. As far as the no thing on tonight is concerned. Somebody. Somebody stole my egg. Stole your egg. Yeah. Someone stole my 100 million dollar egg. Call the cops. Get out of your chair and go call the cops. Please, thank you. Did you say 100 million dollars? I know. Uh, it was, it was, um, had to be that guard. It was outside my door. No, wait a minute. Uh, maybe it was, um, one of those slimy members that were out of the production crew. Could be, uh, maybe one of the superstar. Do- well, we are here in Brooklyn. I hate to say this, but it is possible that it was one of our superstars. Yeah. It's not just possible, it's probable. You go interview each and every one of them. Okay. Find my egg. A hundred. Oh my God. The Rock is going to be so upset. The Rock is going to be so upset. <laughs> can I can I can I say something? I just found an article. Shout out to dailysmart.com. Oh my god. So um, quick thing. Eric Bischoff calls recent WWE releases a market correction. Um, oh, okay. He says he he talks about John Morrison's release. Um, but then he says, um, the rest of the town. Here's my impression from the outside, the lines, and being on the outside looking in. I think this is just a market correction. I think WWE, for whatever reason, has stacked a lot of talent, and I'm talking about developmental talent. These not all big names, well-established characters or personalities in the WWE. 
a lot of these people I've never heard before, only because they haven't been prominent on Raw or SmackDown. I think for whatever reason, the strategy over the last five or six years with NXT is being reevaluated. And as a result, there's a lot of talent that's looking for work today. That's just a market correction. And then he says, regarding um, Tony Khan's comments about wrestlers aren't signing a real contract in WWE, which is, I was like, come on, bro. That's, uh, that's ridi- like, listen, that is ridiculous. I think he needs to like stop saying shit like that. That's, that's crazy. Like, that is crazy. He says in response to that, he says, here's the difference, though. I understand what Tony is saying, and I applaud him for caring about his talent as he does. How could that be a negative thing? It's not. But here's the reality again. WWE is a publicly held company. AEW is not. WWE has fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders to make decisions and manage their business in a way that would benefit the most the short shareholders. Would Vince McMahon personally prefer not to have released his talent? I'm not saying he does or he doesn't, but he has no choice. Even if he did, he has no choice. He has to manage his budget and his business in a way that is most beneficiary to his shareholders. Tony Khan has to manage his business in a way that most suits himself. There is a big difference between the two, and I think criticizing WWE for exercising fiduciary responsibility to their shareholders, whether whether or not you want to believe it's setting them up for a potential sale, take that aspect out of it. To criticize WWE for managing their budget in a way that they've been entrusted by their shareholders, by law have to manage said budget in a way that is beneficiary to their shareholders. To criticize WWE for that is understandable, but not the whole story. It is easy, especially only because there's emotional situations for the talents that are being released. I'll, I'll leave it there. Yeah, I think if you take the emotions out of it, you start to see and it's like, I don't know why people expect that emotional. You know what I'm saying? I don't see why wrestling garners that type of emotional love that NBA, NFL, MLB doesn't. Right. Where it's like, yeah. when those people get cut, you don't really, it, it's just part of the game. You know what I mean? And they might right. get mad about it and they have gotten mad about it, but it's never like, you know, what I saw last week where it was like people canceling, you canceling the network over hit row. All right. I guess. You know what I mean? Like Roman's still there. I'm still gonna watch as long as that motherfucker's still there. Like, here's what I think, Mills. Mm-hmm. In terms of in in in, and I think I even said this to you. And I think I think Eric Bischoff really summed it up better than I could. But I think that it also there's another aspect to it. WWE has seen over the past four to five months, because remember there was a bunch of talent they were sitting on before Punk debut, right? Right. Then them first ratings came out. They were still sitting. And then them next ratings came out. And they was like, oh, that's all he's going to do? So they let some people go. Then Brian came. And there were still a bunch of people there. There were still a bunch of people there. Still a bunch of indie darlings there. Brian came. That damn New York show happened. It didn't really do nothing. Then the next rating happened. They said, oh, that's what it's going to do? All right, never mind. Give him some more. They're, I feel like they reacted and saying like we were they were stockpiling, obviously, and even Brian said it, they were stockpiling because of AEW. And then when they saw AEW wasn't really threatening them in any type of way, they said, oh, okay, we can we can stick with what we got. Every single time they see like 500 k for Rampage and 900 for Dynamite, they say, oh, and you had all of them, you had Cole on there too? They said, they said we was over after Cole left. All right, bet we we doing good. Let him go. 
I think it's more, I think the releases, I guess, stem from more. I think it's, yeah, people say budgetary purposes, people, whether people want to believe it or not. I think personally, the response to it itself lends itself from people to truly believe that the wrestling business is more about the wrestling than the business. And if you do believe that, I mean, there is a company for you, which is AEW. Um, However, WWE, like, Eric Bishop says operates as a business. And like you said, I can't fathom how people like I'm mad after, of course I'm mad after like the first six hours or so, but I understand at the end of the day that people got to do what they got to do nonetheless. And I understood a long time ago. I swear I went to, when I went to WrestleMania 35 in New York and went to access and saw all these giant superstars on these banners and things. And I was just like, and and we had even this discussion about Twitch and stuff like that and all these other things. I was like, yo, I bet these people don't even know that they're like taking pictures and wearing all these random shits that they don't even know about because they're just photoshopped on. And realizing that these people to WWE are realistically, yes, they're family, but realistically they're entities mm-hmm. and they're talent they're and they're, they're IP. They're IP. Yeah. They're actors and stuff like that. And realistically like you can go ahead when you watch when you watch the batman in march that's not robert pattinson he's playing an ip he's he is he is he is a part of the ip that they own that that warner and dc owns so if he's let go then it still keeps going that's how this type of shit works when hit row leaves there is another one coming right after them you know what i mean there was a there was a comment, there was something that that was that was that that you said a couple months ago. Where you said you know North American title is the blackest championship, right? And then so, and then and then somebody had 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 xed off the all the black talent that had been gone since they held it, and it's like that's not really the point. Business wise, the point is they held that IP championship. It gave them it garnered them what they needed. And when they had to, like Bishop said, correct the market, they did it in a way. It wasn't, they weren't targeting. They're not targeting people, y'all. <laughs> like, this isn't like a target. Like, do people think that are literally looking across the roster and saying, I don't like you. You got to go. That's not really what's happening here. That's not really what happens in any job. I've been fired a lot. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Lot. Okay. I've been fired from a lot of places. Some for reasons where they actually didn't like me, but some for reasons where they were just going in a different direction. Sidebar to that comment about the xing out thing. I think that's so whack, by the way, and I think it was a terrible. And I think, hold on for a second. Um, yeah, I I thought it was, it was awful. I I think that it it didn't, it, it didn't. Um, I I don't think that it properly kind of even matched up to what you were saying. Like I I don't think that the the point was that black people keep getting let go because black people get let go all the time. They were he like like. Isaiah Swerve Scott was not let go because he was black. Yeah. And, that's what I'm saying. That, like, that was the weirdest part of that whole thing was that they, it wasn't because they were all black. What are you talking about? It was, yeah. be, it was literally because of a, of a listen, I, I don't think the biz, the budget cut thing is, is any right of a, you know, any more right of a explanation than anything else. But him being black is not a reason why he was let go. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you. It's crazy. I, I think that, that again, like people look at these releases, you have to look also, at them. They take the emotion out of that shit. Yeah. Also, if you're using the fact that like 
these people have been released to have your like wind up slam dunk. I think you didn't really give a fuck about them as a about their situation currently. And they're trying to dunk on you. And my issue was it was like you don't do anything to anybody. And I know that I know that like I know these people listen. So like there was and, and I'm glad Mills, you didn't say anything. You told me not to say anything. I was like, I'll stay out of it. And I I'm like, here's the thing. I know I know they listen. I know y'all listen or whatever. Like that was whack. There was no reason. There was no reason for that. Like, cause literally a month ago, all you motherfuckers were saying we all need to stick together. And then you're still doing that shit. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that energy. It's whack. It's cowardly. Very. Um, Survivor Series. Survivor Series. It was fine. <laughs> it was fine. I, it was. I'll be honest with you. After a while, I didn't get up from my chair. <laughs> I mean, part of that because I had spent three days at an anime convention, but including earlier that day. Um, but then also. I felt like it was a bookended show. I yeah. felt like the opening contest was really good and the main event was very good, albeit very late. And I thought everything in else in between was passable. So nothing was terrible, but I think the overall behavior of the show, there weren't many peaks, but there weren't many valleys either. It was yeah. just kind of a very fine show, which I felt like was going to happen because Survivor Series notoriously has a been fine. an eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they live and die by like, it's really who's the champion and who's not and stuff like that. For instance, like even the pre-show match, which I was, I felt bad for them being the pre-show match. Um, Damian Priest versus Shinsuke Nakamura. I felt bad because when you look back at that pay-per-view, I was telling Carlos who was sitting next to me, I was like, you're never going to see this match ever again. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, Damien Priest is from New York. We're in New York, et cetera, et cetera, like that. Um, but I was like, you're never going to see this match again. So they went out and they did their thing. But, yeah, it wasn't really a – and they gave SmackDown a win, kind of. <laughs> but then when you look at the main show, it's like SmackDown got shut out again. My issue so- was that, like – my issue was, like, you put a lot of people like like they they have they have effectively whittled down the roster to a point where you have a lot of people that you don't want to beat anymore. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't want to beat Nakamura because he loses a lot on his own show. You don't want to beat Priest because he's in the middle of a different push and he's about to face off against the new challenger. You don't want to beat Roman. You don't, and you can beat E. You can beat E because he realistically could lose that belt anytime. You know, and I think that's what that's their that's their thought there, which is fine. Roman has to beat them. Roman always wins decisively. That's who Roman is. Charlotte loses, but not really. A, yeah, but not to a finish. But she still loses. She gets outsmarted in a, in 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 a, in a in a in a clearer term. And then the, for the rest of the show, you have like I think the Usos were the only guys that were expendable enough to take a to take a loss at that point. Yeah, and then everyone else took like little BS countout losses or or whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's generally the feeling of the show for me. I thought the Brooklyn crowd was a little bit antsy. Um, I think it was just a, to be honest with you, I've been to Barclays. It's not the best, but I think that was a particularly bad crowd both nights. That was a bad crowd. It was a very bad crowd. And I think part of it was, I can't explain what the hell Raw was, 
But I think part of it was also that lull during the show where people wanted things to happen and then they didn't happen. And then they took it out on the women's match, which is whack as hell. I would have rather them take it out on the Usos and RK bro than take it out on the women's match. But um, because I think they were working hard at that. But yeah, I mean, passable show. Barely. It was I didn't. It was I didn't like the. I didn't like um, the men's Survivor Series match that great, that well. Seth wins. He pins. Um, who does he eliminate last? Um, Seth eliminated the uh, uh, Hardy. Yeah. Who? What? Jeff Hardy was over like Rover. <laughs> yeah. Good lord. Um, yeah. and I thought. I literally during the women's Survivor Series match, when I saw four one against Bianca Belair, I whispered, to, I said to Carlos, "I wonder how SmackDown's gonna fuck this up." <laughs> Overweight, over and they fucked it up in the most convoluted way ever, which is just so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so convoluted. It, okay, so you have Sasha break the ten count three times, but still count her out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, her whole body, half her body's in the damn ring. All up. I was like, what? What is going on here? And then if you really want to, I'm watching from the crowd and I legitimately think Natalia has a headset on. Like she has something in her ear that like Tyson Kidd is like whispering and then we're doing this and then we're doing that. Make sure everybody's clear on it because she was there when they were doing the little Bianca versus Sasha moment that lasted probably for like five minutes. Um, Best part of the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tony, Shotzi, and Natalia are just chilling by the steps, like whispering to each other for the entire time of like what to do. Also, sidebar, um, Shotzi mm-hmm. needs some more work. <laughs> well, I said it. I said it a couple weeks ago. I I get afraid when she like walks. Like, yeah, I'm. She needs I'm more scared. Work. Not a bad I, I, thing. Not a bad right. thing. But I I feel like. They're putting her in a position to succeed with someone that can help her succeed. I'm I'm hoping, you know, I know Sasha can can rise to the occasion. No, she can. I think I think Shotzi needs to kind of find her role. It wouldn't be it, the, the thing about the Shotzi thing is that like there's so many submission specialists on the roster that I think she should be one. But she has Shayna on the same damn roster, so she can't be one. So she has to kind of like be a different type of heel and the thing with heels is that you don't see balls to the wall heels like that unless it's like ecw or gcw or some shit like that where it's like the heels are doing everything they can destroying their bodies to destroy you there just isn't heels like that i wish they would let her do that but that's just not how they write the heels so she has to be like slow plodding headlock person and that's just not who she is she needs to be able to kind of be who she is as a face too kind of which is weird i thought i i thought the pace in this match was like a little bit too fast for her, like yes, I uh, that's what I thought. I was like, well, she's got to learn to keep up, like because Sasha is going to be doing all types of top rope shit. She's got a very athletic roster in front of her, and she needs to be able to keep up. To be honest with you, um, Pizza Hut was fine. I didn't get any pizza. Flu- I didn't like how those pizzas flew though. I was like, I don't know, if pizzas supposed to fly like that. It was a different type of. It, hey, listen, I'm a fan of Pizza Hut. Let me just be clear. I'm a fan of Street Profits. I'm a fan of Pizza Hut. But when they had Otis eat that shit, I was like, boy, this boy about to have a car artery. <laughs> some type of artery issue. Don't make that boy eat that and then do spots. Why he ate it like that? 
Yo, this nigga is such a weirdo. Uh, all right, here you go. Here we go. <laughs> he's such a weirdo. I was like, why he? He's like eating it. Like he's looking at it. And he's like, he's eating it like it's a fucking Toys R Us pizza. Bro, <laughs> bro, he he destroyed. He destroyed that pizza, bro. It looked good as hell. I ain't gonna lie. It looked good as hell. Oh my god, I love but, that. I love that thing. Yeah, but yeah, like the women's thing with, with you know it got hijacked. But I mean. Bianca fucking Belair, we called it. <laughs> when she's on the she and we thought it was gonna be Drew and Bianca, but apparently she's she's getting pushed more than Drew. Listen, I don't even like what they did to Drew. When they did that, when they canceled that Drew and Lashley, I was like, oh y'all whack. You can't, you can't have either of them. That's why I was like, why the fuck did you even put? You could have kept Dominic in there if that was the that was gonna yeah. be. The <laughs> like, I was like, that was so whack. <laughs> You could have definitely kept Dominic and Ray in the match if you were going to do that to those two. Like they could have definitely took a pinfall and it would and and did a couple of spots and no one would have no one would have batted an eye. Letting Drew and, and and Bobby go like that was just like like maybe one, like maybe Drew could go that way, not yeah. both at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> I think what you're saying is right. They've got some the people on the roster left all can't like take pins at this yeah. point, so it, it's bad. Um, Who's going to take pins? Like you got Finn taking pins. And but like but the thing the thing ultimately with Finn is that you could easily slot him in any type of championship position at this point at any time. So you don't really want him losing definitively either. That's why you had what happened to him on Raw happen because they don't want to beat Finn either. <laughs> Insane. Insane. <laughs> you don't want to be Seth. You don't want to be Finn. You don't want to be KO, which is weird because he's about to leave. But it's like you don't want to like they don't. They, I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. Uh, can we talk about this egg? Oh, can we? I mean, we to talk about the egg it means we have to talk about we have to talk about fans and broken and and broken promises. And I put quotes over that fans let, and broken promises. Let's, let's give people a, a little lesson on it. I don't like to like you know even say it like that, but realistically, like we know what you're like. Here's the thing: you're smart wrestling fans. You understand everything over the sun about medical history, legal knees all types of other shit and all types of other stuff. But when it comes to obviously some sort of marketing venture between WWE and something else, suddenly no one can handle what's going on anymore. And it's full of shit. Listen, they did the same thing with army of the dead last summer. They they, they reacted the exact same way. And I forgot what water company they did it too, where they had 25 minutes of the Miz running after new day, getting sprayed with water. Yeah. You see what it is. Nick Khan has literally told you <laughs> what they're doing and what they're planning on doing this year and, and for the years to come. And you still get mad. Okay, so the idea here, November rock 25. 1st, they announced Rock 25. Someone on Twitter said, Rock showing up. <laughs> Got sh- It's Survivor <laughs> Series. WWE never said it. The Rock never said it. Netflix never said it. Nick Khan never said it. No one in any company ever said he was showing up. They said, we're going to celebrate The Rock all month. We're going to celebrate him. We're going to talk about his 25th anniversary in the ring. He got a new movie coming out. Now, I was privy to the fact that Netflix would be sponsoring Survivor Series a couple of months ago. I thought that's 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 a huge get for them because I don't think Netflix does promotional stuff for any type of sports any type of combats nothing they never do mm-hmm. right like never seen it before 
So WWE has opened the door on a Netflix seven bucks partnership, which they, they do stuff with seven bucks all the time. Whenever he has movies coming out like fast, they did something for the fast movie he was in all of that shit. Never with Netflix who they have a relationship with and they've always done stuff with Netflix. So this is a lesson in earned versus owned media. So with earned media, this is promotion with another company where they kind of foot the bill for all types of things that you might want to do in your show, including getting that prop. Owned media is, let's say Netflix is saying, we have a movie that is exclusively on our platform with The Rock. Period. What people don't know is that Netflix's audience, the crossover might not be wrestling fans. Surprisingly, this might surprise you, Mills. There might be a lot of people that don't know The Rock, but only know Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> that might shock you. But Netflix took account of that and they said, where can we go? Who can we partner with that has early footage of Dwayne Johnson showing what he does, showing why he's such an action movie badass and why they need to watch Red Notice? They go to the company that owns all of the footage of him. And it just so happens that it's his 25th anniversary ever stepping foot into a WWE ring. So they did The Rock. 25 which was owned media wwe owned that and they used that to get eyes on their product for the month by using the rock easy this is a this is a this is a marketing partnership where netflix was footing the bill essentially for a bunch of the skits that you saw over some uh, survivor series and a bunch of the video packages and time and effort put into those things it's easy listen i don't like to talk shit about things that i do okay i helped launch a netflix show this month <laughs> Go you. <laughs> it's one of the best reviewed Netflix you shows. Go Glenn Coco. <laughs> it's one of the best. Listen, so I I could see what was going on, okay? We could see what was going on. But I also have to commend WWE for not actually, for, for sitting on their sword and not actually saying, for, for just giving little 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 nudges. Those yeah. nudges, they're, they're not a promise. They just mean that people are... They're just kind of, they're just kind of putting out rock tidbits for you. They never promised you he'd be there. Like not even once. And usually the thing with the rock is if he's going to be there, he definitely lets you know on Twitter that he will be there um, because he wants the most eyes on him as possible. The rock doesn't do shit for, for no <laughs> hopefully, yeah, for hopefully people to show up. He doesn't do that yeah. anymore. No, he doesn't have to. You're going to show up when he says so. So when I see people say, <clears throat> well, 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 someone came out and said, well, I knew in September he wasn't coming. Why didn't you report that? <laughs> <laughs> Why the fuck didn't you just say that so people could stop, seeing, could stop saying he was going to be there? We knew he wasn't going to be there. They knew he wasn't going to be there since September. And they went through, and you know what they probably did, Meals? They came up with another plan, which was probably Rock 25, what they did on Peacock. That was another, that was another thing. Like, WWE is an entity is such a pool of content for, for for partners to go to because they have so much. Arnold Schwarzenegger's been there. The Rock has been there. Stone Cold has been there. They've had countless other people on their on their stuff, and they own it. They own it, Meals. <laughs> so they don't actually have to pay out anymore. You just you just, you, they, they just they they give you a, a certain amount, and WWE says we'll do the rest. And that's what they did. There was no promise here. That he was going to be there. So when you say it felt like it was a surprise party for someone who didn't show up. No, it didn't. <laughs> it felt like it was a fucking a special rock episode. This felt more like a like a like a partnership than the Undertaker shit did last year. 
The Undertaker shit never it never even felt like he was it was his last time showing up last year until yeah. like that one segment he had. This felt like from start to finish there was some, had got, Undertaker doing TikToks and cameos and appearing <laughs> on places and doing all the other random shit. Hot yeah. ones. <laughs> that, that felt less organic than this did. This felt like it was a, it was a special rock episode of the Survivor Series. That's it. You, you knew the bag was was heavy when Vince McMahon showed up. He don't ever yeah. show up. You don't ever show up. And he showed up for two days. This partnership literally went to Monday and probably ended on Monday and they went to it. Like, listen, y'all got to like think. Y'all got to think. Think. I know you're disappointed, but you got to think, bro. Just think. Think and and then also accept. Just like, <laughs> like accept. Accept the idea that this was a marketing thing and that even if The Rock doesn't show up, it doesn't mean that WWE is trying to like fool you or get one over you or anything of the rather. These are partnerships. It is no different than WWE superstars airing out, coming out Rolling Loud, which we're all excited for. There's no business. There's no different than Xavier Woods spraying The Miz with whatever water that doesn't sponsor this podcast, so I won't say it, um, that should sponsor this podcast. Um it's no different than any of the other things that they've been doing over the last number of years. We see where the direction is going. Nikon told us where it was going. Yeah. I get that you guys don't like it. Go watch Ghostbusters on the other show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they had to pay for that. Yeah. They had to pay. Here's the thing. AEW as a, as a you know, non-public traded company, they don't have enough owned media. So like what happens is they don't have enough people that work for them and, and they don't have the cachet in the history for them to have their own media with other celebrities and stuff like that. So when they want to do partnerships, even with people within their own entity, which was like the Space Jam thing, they had to pay out to use the licensing for that. Meanwhile, on the flip side, Netflix licensed out that stuff to them as part of their marketing package. That's how that's the difference between these two companies right now. AEW will get there one day when they have a big video library and Shaq shows up three more times and Mike Tyson and shit like that. They'll have Snoop that dog and all other types of shit. Yeah. They'll have it. But right now they don't. So they have to resort to their deal just isn't the way WWE is set up right now. And that's not a bad thing. And a lot of people don't have it like that, but like, that's the difference between those two. That's why the Netflix thing, y'all should be looking at it as pro wrestling is getting eyes on it like that again, because it could cause Netflix to say, we want to bring, you know, someone else into the fold. We want to bring a, you know, whatever else company into the fold. I don't know. You know, but it's like, that's how they wanted. That's how they did this partnership. It's a big deal to have Netflix partnering with WWE in that capacity where they're actually promoting the pay-per-views now. That's, that's almost as big as like have, or probably bigger than having those insurance companies that you see on the commercials every, every, you know, every wrestling show. Like that's a, that's a huge deal. I like the egg that's thing. The All the way <laughs> All the way up until Austin Theory was named the number one contender, then I probably would have walked out of Barclays with Nell and Rob. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. The, the thing with Austin was that, like, I would have liked to, and I know people don't like this. Because it made Mark- sense to me. It made sense. Like, it made perfect sense. But I just didn't like. That. I, I would have preferred Biggie versus anyone else. And then, he, and then he had like a really like crappy match with him, where I, I don't think it did any guy any favors. Yeah, it didn't. I think they're trying to put Austin Theory within this class or at least show you that he belongs in this class. But I would take the more organic approach. And I think he still yeah. hasn't hit like a peak. Like, you know that that um, 
I used to feel the same way about L.A. Knight until he had that program with Cameron Grimes and that right. moment where he beats the shit out of Ted DiBiase. I think that's mm-hmm. the moment that kind of turned him from being corny, goofy character into, oh, I hate this guy. And I think he right. still hasn't had that moment yet. Um, he's just been kind of obnoxious. So, um, yeah, I mean, well, I don't really want to talk about Raw. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was it was skippable this week. I mean, obviously we watched it, but like it was skippable. <laughs> yeah. Uh to the guy that, you know, to well actually, to any fans thinking about jumping over a barricade and tackling a WWE superstar, don't <laughs> just don't. Like just don't in general. And, um, and Chavo Guerrero, eat a dick. Yeah. <laughs> like, there you go. Eat a, eat a dick, Chavo. Like, come on. You, you you mean to tell me that you think that Seth is not tough because he was blindsided by a fan? All five, eight of you really thought that? Like, Yeah, from behind? Like, 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 shut the fuck up. Like, Seth didn't even know this guy was going to be there. You're talking about people are, are tough and shit like that. Like, Bret Hart got got. You know what I mean? Like, come on. They, like, if, 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 the, if a nigga's fast enough, he's going to get you. He's going to be able to tackle you. He was Seth wasn't even expecting anybody. You know what I mean? Like, and shout out to the cameraman that, that noticed that that was wrong and cut out immediately and, and cut to the ring immediately. Like that, that, that was a scary, more than anything, that's scary, bro. Like that's a scary yeah. situation for, for Seth. We don't know what that fan had. We don't know what could have happened to Seth. You know, th- that's just a scary situation. And then another fan at the end of the night, did you see this? They had threatened Montez and, and everyone in the roster was about to beat his ass. They were, he was talking so much shit. So apparently, oh, shout out, gotta give a shout out to, 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 to Sinvidius. Shout out to you for the yes. A show sign. Um, yes. Our first shout sign out. ever at a live show. Hopefully, not the last. If y'all go to, if y'all go to a wrestling show and you're within camera shot, your camera side, and you bring a sign, we're gonna think of something really special. We're gonna shout you out, but we're also gonna think of something really special. So take us, take a sign in the wrestling show. Let us see it. Send us a picture. Yeah, the A show. Apparently, they let you keep <laughs> our sign <laughs> and not any of the others, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, I mean, people get people get a little antsy. People get a little thing, and and then Montez said, "Like, yo, come say it to my face." So he walks down and says to her face, and then he gets escorted out because he's a punk and he's a little bitch. So I don't know. Brooklyn was very yeah. It didn't nah. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I love Brooklyn, but y'all y'all were just doing the most. Brooklyn's different. And and uh shout out to Hot Pink Sheets. He said uh on the on the spaces, like that's Brooklyn. Like there's a difference between Brooklyn and the rest of New York. So he was saying that that was just that that's because he was like they were good at MSG and he had a point. Like MSG was fine. MSG was hot. And there was MSG there was- you can't do that shit. That's the thing though. <laughs> MSG, I don't want to say it's the way difference between where Barclays and MSG is run, but MSG, you can't get away with that stuff. And then there's a I think also a lot more families at msg yeah um barclays end up being just very obnoxious people who can afford tickets it's really the difference between knicks and nets like it's even going to there like barclays and msg is just their wwe don't even promote them the same you know it's just i don't know because one one is one is one is Barclays and one is the 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 mecca of bad basketball. <laughs> I love it, me taking twenty minutes to get to Barclays, so it'll always be the goat for me. <laughs> um, oh, God. 
Well, was that it? Was that it for the week? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I don't really want to talk about SmackDown. I don't really want to talk about Raw. Nothing really happened. Um, I'm sure there's a... Oh, you know, there's plenty of stuff. We got stuff coming up soon on this network, especially for the month yes. of December. So um, make sure you guys subscribe to the Patreon, patreon.com backslash the A Show RNC. Um, become a patron, you know, as we get closer and closer to to this thing where you guys want to see the chip and completely demolish ourselves. Um, please do that. Um, please follow us at the A Show RNC on Twitter. Um, and yeah, you know, have a great Thanksgiving. How about that? Eat well. Yeah. Listen yes, to us. We are we're in the final stretch of the year. We always say this. Our our year in episodes always do super well for us because they love to hear our thoughts. So obviously we're we're you know we're coming up with, with what we're gonna do this year as well. Uh might have a, a special Patreon component. Um, but we got a lot of stuff coming up in, in December. Uh obviously viewers' choice of spot callers, but you also have the November spot callers coming only on Patreon. It's gonna be ROA Supercard of Honor 12, I believe. Uh, just talking about some of the people, uh, just kind of eulogizing ROH, but also talking about some of the people that were on ROH but in WWE, but are not in WWE anymore. So there's a lot of people on that show that are that, that are that are double there. Jeopardy released. <laughs> just can't keep a job. Apparently, is that what you're saying? <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna go through all of all of that stuff. We're also gonna have uh we're gonna have watch alongs. We're gonna have a lot of stuff coming up in December. So just just subscribe to the Patreon. You know, give it to somebody as a gift. It's, it's a great gift. You know, we got a lot of content for people there. You also get this show early, which as soon as it's done, it's gonna be right out on the Patreon. So as always, thank you all for listening to the A Show. Please have a safe and loving, blessed and and fulfilling Thanksgiving holiday. We'll see you next week on the A Show. Peace. <laughs>